You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon and Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined this week by some of the guys. We have the working girl, Jordan Smith, and Ginger Woodsman, Nick Botterford. Guys, how are we doing this week? Doing well, Pete. How are you? Real good, Pete. I am doing well as well. Uh, some, some, obviously, some uh, emotions were felt in my household uh, after yesterday's performance from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but before we get into football, Jordan, I do want to say we, uh, Becca and I, after crushing Bridgerton, crushed uh, the flight attendant, yes. which that is just like fucking 10 hours of anxiety, just constant anxiety. It was really, it ended a little, Bex and I had a deep conversation about shows and how, how endings of the last episode of shows are really, is really hard to like keep that same energy that an entire show has because it has to like wrap everything up. But uh, the first like eight, seven or eight episodes of flight attendant, I, it was just like a panic attack the entire time. And and like shout out to Kaylee Kuko for being able to like conjure up enough emotional energy to record that the like film that up ep- that show because good lord I after one episode I was emotionally drained and I didn't even spend like 50% of it sobbing uncontrollably. Yeah, that's actually a really good show. Um it's like a pop thriller. So there's a lot of things going on. So it's a lot of energy. So I can understand the like the manicness of what you're saying that it entails but yeah shouts to Kaylee Cuoco who not a big bang theory guy that's probably no surprise to anyone but I didn't know she was so good I'd never seen her in anything else really so you know she's got a new fan in me there you go Nick have you partake partaken in the uh in the flight attendant viewings no I have had it recommended to me but I don't like Kelly Cuoco so I'm not gonna watch it oh crushing yeah Is is that a big bang theory dig too I cannot stand shows with a fucking laugh track. Get that out of my <laughs> no, life. I totally agree. My, grand, my grandfather loves Big Bang Theory, and it very much confuses me because I just don't think that it's a good show. So I'm I'm like a diehard Sunny fan, and I also my like distaste my disdain for uh, Big Bang Theory was in uh, season like ten. Uh, one of the actors, Rob McElhenney, he, he was watching big, like big bank theory was on his TV one day. And he was like, all of these people are in way better shape than they were than when they started the show. And he was kind of pissed off. Cause like, they're all like, you know, they were dorks when they started right. and now they're like very fit people. And it's like, it kind of ruins the character a little bit. So he decided to just eat terribly and gain 50 pounds and, I it just says like a fuck you to them. It's and one was, of the best I, so like narratives in television is <clears throat> Mac gaining a shit ton of weight and then like getting super fucking ripped 
and no one in the show reacting to it. Incredible. And just that the was fact wild. Hearing him talk about like what he had to do to get in shape and then also like to gain all that weight and to get in shape. It's just absurd. The biggest, the best <laughs> thing I've heard him talk about was that he said in order to gain the weight, he would just, he would put out a gallon of ice cream out in the morning. And then by the afternoon it would melt. So it was liquid because he couldn't, you couldn't take, he physically oh, couldn't no. take as many calories if it was solid, if then if it, it was liquid. So he would just drink a gallon of ice cream oh, no. every single day to gain whatever the like 60 pounds of fat. <laughs> just absurd. That's so what, gross. What do you say? It, it's mass, man. I'm just gaining it's, mass. <laughs> I'm accumulating I'm mass. Bulking. I'm accumulating mass. Yeah. Oh, that shows. It's just, it's one of the most beautiful like examples of putting your body on the line for a joke that maybe five, like it's just, it's just for a joke that like lasts the five minutes of the episode of the first episode of like whatever season 14. And then it's just like, Nope, not even a plot point. It's incredible. But Anyways, laugh, there's, there's commitment. La laugh tracks. Don't, don't tell me when to laugh. I make me laugh. <laughs> don't tell me when. <laughs> Jordan refuses to be told what to do with that being said, I'm going to tell you guys what we're going to do today. <laughs> Uh, we have a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to start a fun new series about uh, best free agent landing spots. But before we do, let's tackle the news. This is old news at this point, but we've had some notable retirements to start the 2021 offseason. Uh, Philip Rivers, quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers and Indianapolis Colts. Took me a while to figure out to remember that it's Los Angeles Chargers, not San Diego Chargers anymore. Uh, he retired, and so did Greg Olson, tight end for the Bears, Panthers, and Seahawks ending. Uh, Philip Rivers retires with six, 63,440 yards, 421 touchdowns, 209 interceptions. Uh, the man missed not a single game in his NFL career, but sadly never made it to the Super Bowl. Still, though, you have to consider him a Hall of Fame quarterback, right, Jordan? Uh, no, I don't think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. If Eli Manning's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, then neither is he. I oh. think that I don't think he's a quarterback that really moved the needle for his team as much as like other QBs would. But then again, like if you've played for as long as he has, quarterbacks just have a much easier uh, way of finding their way into the Hall of Fame, especially if he has a uh, a post career of being in a football booth. I think that'll help yeah. him a lot too. Uh, to to the to his to your point, Pete, about him not missing a game. He played in the AFC Championship game with a torn ACL. It's um, he's a true when everyone they talk about like, you know, like the Iron Man or stalwarts are just like guys who fight through every like Philip Rivers. I was looking through his Pro Football Reference page, and it's like 16 game played, 16 games started for his entire career, and that is that is a true testament. Yeah, I, so I I, I kind of look at him differently. I do think he's a, a Hall of Famer, and uh, I I think that what he did for his team is so remarkable, given the league bottom coaching that he had to deal with for so much of his career, and and it not even um, actually just limited to coaching, but the the entire Chargers organization as being like the last remaining vestige of not even having an analytics department. Like I the organization is run so poorly that when you look at what he was able to, to do, it's, I, I think it's kind of remarkable. Yeah. For the record, I think he's a hall of fame quarterback and I don't think Eli is. So sorry, Eli, you have to be like a top five quarterback at some point in your career. You also have to go through puberty. 
Oh, sick burn. <laughs> Don't really know where that came from, but sure. He just looks like a boy, like a very, a very young boy. Okay. I don't, there and he go. never worked out. He just and that bug, up. Nick. <laughs> and, okay. Anyway, yeah. Uh, also, Greg Olson retired. Things slowed down for him in recent years, but uh, I was looking over his stats, and never forget this man was downright dominant at the tight end position for a stretch of time. Uh, between 2012 and 2016, he finished sixth, eighth, fourth, fifth, and second in fantasy uh, at the tight end position. So you you might, I mean. You might not forget, but just like I certainly forgot just how dominant he was with Cam Newton in those Carolina Panthers years. Uh, and so and now he's most likely going straight into the broadcast booth, which is great because he's dabbled with that a little bit in the past and he's phenomenal at it. I'm really excited to hear him uh, start broadcasting. Yeah, I, I think it'll be fun to watch the Seahawks draft two tight ends to replace him. <laughs> and uh <laughs> It's going to be dark times in Seattle. Nick is thrilled for Adam Gase to come in and be the Seahawks OC and then draft two tight ends in the first two rounds and just run dual tight ends all and pound the rock. That's Nick's dream for the Seahawks in 2021. It it really is. They're going to only run uh, out of two tight end sets and only pass out of one tight end (laughs) set. And everything they try to do is going to be fucking nerfed. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some, some, catalyst something has to occur to get rid of Pete Carroll like there there has to be something that happens and apparently setting passing records is what gets you fired in Seattle right I mean it makes sense if you're an offensive coordinator and you just set put together one of the best passing attacks the NFL scene and then you're like well actually we want to run the football so sorry your offense doesn't work here and I don't even like Schottenheimer. I don't even think he's that good. But anyway, that was crazy. And is there anyway, Greg Olson, hell of a career. Is um is Pete Carroll getting into the range of like the Mike McCarthy's and Sean Payton's who won a Super Bowl and then gets like a 10-year grace period of just doing whatever the hell he wants? Certainly seems that way. Oh yeah. And I mean it the the entire his his success is entirely linked to Russell Wilson being on a $300,000 contract and having Scott McLuhan in the building and that just built that roster. And I mean that like literally top to bottom, that 2013 roster is one of the best ever. Every I've, I've done the math. I've, I've followed the careers. Every single backup on that team became a starter either on that team or on a different team. Like it, it that was the craziest roster I've ever seen. That's pretty impressive. Uh, next in the news, it's time for another Eric B. Enemy Watch 2021. And that is highlighted by the fact that Eric B. Enemy does not have a job still. He is not a head coach, uh, but he did get an interview with the Texans. So that's good. Clark's not here to bask in that glory, but uh, too little too late. Not going to save Deshaun Watson, but you never know. Like way to, way to do the right thing, you know, days late. Uh, it is crazy, though, because basically every other dumbass team has already signed their uh, head coach. Jaguars got Urban Meyer, a college coach who's never done anything in the pros. Jets hired Robert Sala, who's giving me a lot of Rex Ryan vibes. Uh, the Falcons hired Ar- Arthur Smith, Titans OC, who did make Ryan Tannehill uh, at least a starting caliber quarterback, so I'll give him that. Chargers hired Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley because that's exactly what Justin Herbert needs is a defensive-minded head coach. The Lions hired fucking Dan Campbell, who eats kneecaps for breakfast because 
why why not like just improve above Matt Patricia in that sense? Uh, and then finally, the Eagles hired Colts offensive coordinator Nick Seriani, uh, which is hilarious since they're trying to get basically the Frank Reich magic back into their building. Nick, I know you love the Titans offense and rushing attack, so you must be thrilled to see Arthur Smith paired with your favorite running back of all time, Todd Gurley. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. No. Oh, shit. He's still no. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. Is he? Was it was a one year deal? It was a one year deal. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Nick is deal. saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, we'll be able to talk about the running back position with them uh, in future shows because I think that'll be fun. I love Arthur Smith. I think this is awesome, uh, both for for Ridley and and Julio. Uh, they need to you know make Julio actually take care of his his hamstring to keep him going. But yeah, I, th- I think that that that's an awesome pick. Um, as far as Biennamini goes. I I'm holding out hope that there's like radio silence from Miami on who their offensive coordinator might be. And so I'm, I'm holding out, but I mean, like, would he leave Kansas city to go be an OC somewhere else? Probably not. But the, the, the thought here is that if they haven't hired anybody yet, maybe they're waiting for someone who's still in the playoffs. I don't know if there's going to dump truck money on his front door. And anyway, um, I mean, maybe so that might be it, it might be that they are doing that and that's going to be the leverage they need to get to Sean Watson to say, yeah, send yeah. me to Miami is I want to go play with Eric Bieniemy. And so that's what's so interesting about the Robert Sala hire. Like I, I was like rolling my eyes when the Jets picked, uh, you know, a defensive mind, a, a linebacker obsessed uh, head coach. But Watson, that's the guy he wanted. Yeah. He really wanted Sal. Um, and I don't know how to say his name. Sala. Anyway, but you know what I'm Salah. talking about. The, uh, I. I have no basis for thinking this other than just the, the guys on the PFF forecast uh, podcast mentioned that they, for whatever reason, are under the impression that Salah is interested in hiring a an analytical pass first offensive coordinator. And mm-hmm. up until I heard that, I was like, this is the stupidest fucking hiring. But I, those guys are way more plugged in than I am. Uh, so, OK, if that's true, then that would be really fun because. We have talked about this before. The Jets' offensive infrastructure is not bad. They got they got their stalwart left tackle. Mekhi Becton looks friggin' great. And Jordan, I'm sure you can break down his film and talk all about that. But their pass-catching core is studly too, right? I mean, like – Jordan's gritting ear to ear. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, uh, Perryman, Mims, uh, Crowder, even Berrios is a fill-in slot receiver. We actually – Maybe we do know who, is something. We do know who their OC is. They hired – It's he brought over Mike LaFleur. Oh my God. Oh, that's right. I totally spaced on that. Yeah. Okay. So if they try to do some sort of Shanahan thing, I mean, I, yeah, that could work. Yeah. I like the solemn move just because it seems like every uh, player that who, who's like coming to contact with this might be just 49ers exclusive, but they just love the guy, which is, which can be a pretty important part about a head coach position and the fact that he's being bringing over uh michael floor who's coming from the shanahan tree um that might be something that is just like you get those two and together combined their powers create captain planet um the one that's all that's been curious to me is the brandon staley hire down in los angeles um he's gonna be practically in the same building sure but it's like why are you hiring this defensive coordinator who was great who put together a really good defense who is um i think analytically driven on the defensive side but also who is just like barely any sort of coaching experience this one is a very good example of uh the guy who shakes hands with sean McVay and gets a coaching job um eric the at this point i 
not sure if he wants to make a lateral move to Miami unless he's just like, I don't know what I got to do. Maybe if I go somewhere else to pad my resume and people think I'm not just like some sort of Andy Reid um, appendage or maybe he just wants to live in Miami because it's nice. No offense to Kansas City. I've been there. I love it. It's a really good city. But Miami is warm, sunny Miami before it falls into the ocean. Um, maybe he just wants that. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what <laughs> what much more to say about that. Eric Bieniemy should probably have one of these jobs, but he doesn't. Yeah, and don't give me the shit that like teams were worried that he, you know, he, he was going to have such a long time in the playoffs, and oh, could he come in and get ready and all that? Well, no, no, fucking go hire the guy who has been, yes, maybe not the mastermind, but certainly an integral part to the best offense of the last three years. Uh, also, the Chargers brought in Saints quarterbacks coach Joe Lombardi as their offensive coordinator. Yeah, so that I do like. I, I do think that Peyton is is a creative uh, play caller, and I, I don't think that, you know, the guy who's been, like, and I, I assume a big part of their passing game, uh, I, I don't think that bringing him in is a bad thing. Um, the, the head coach hire, oh, oh my God, stop it. Um, but uh, in regards to Dan Campbell and his uh, his ankle biting, ability, whatever, yeah. abilities. so they they brought in Anthony Lynn. So we know what kind of team he's their, awesome. their offensive coordinator. We know what kind of team these guys are going to be. Jordan is loving this. Jordan is just like, God, the Lions have just continued the Lions himself. It's going to be north, south, DeAndre <laughs> Swift all fucking day. <sighs> but then he also said, yeah, we could put him in the slot. So maybe, but I don't. I trust nothing that comes out of his mouth. I made the joke that I was like, it's really weird that they fired Matt Patricia and then they hired Matt Patricia again. <laughs> like it, just, it doesn't seem know. to be a, a stark difference from this, this is a lot of like the Joe judge vibes of like, we're going to play man football. Cause we're man. And that the, when was the last time that players? Yeah, yeah. When was the last time that worked? Uh, speaking of the Lions, uh, the Lions and Stafford are officially set to part ways as the quarterback asked for a trade, uh, though really it seems more like an amicable split, like both peoples are still in love with each other, but the spark is just not there anymore. Um, before we expertly segue this into our best quarterback pairings, Jordan, as our resident NFC North expert, what does this mean for the Lions and Dan Campbell and his kneecaps? Um, well, looking at the... Lions draft pick they're at seven so they have a good chance at kind of hitting the reset button and getting one of these like um if Justin Fields falls a couple spots or if they grab um at Zach Wilson I believe out of BYU yeah. I'm confusing uh him with Zayvon Collins for some reason um th- so they can hit the reset button pretty quickly here the only problem is that they have a lot of infrastructure problems with the roster um not only is matthew stafford like yeah peace out they are also probably going to lose kenny galladay to free agency because why wouldn't he just want to go and uh grab a payday with a quarterback that he knows can um help him win and he's probably looking around the lions facility and is like I don't want to have a Calvin Johnson type career where this franchise forces me to retire early. Um, plus the Lions only have a little over $2 million in cap space. I don't, I'm not sure how much that changes with the Matthew Stafford trade. Like 
if that is a big relief off their books or if they have to carry a lot of dead cap, but um, they got a pretty, pretty good ground up rebuild going on in Detroit right now. Yeah. I mean, Marvin Jones is also a free agent this year. And so it's like the lions, the lions could be rolling with Deandre Swift, TJ Hawkinson and Danny Amendola as their, as their top offensive targets, nothing against Danny Amendola, but you don't want Danny to be your number one wide receiver. Let me tell you. All right. Well, before we go into our best fantasy quarterback pairings for 2021, let's take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, we're back. Uh, so we have guys like Stafford and Deshaun Watson. We had a whole pod two weeks ago about Deshaun Watson wanting to get out of uh, Houston, and rightfully so. And maybe Jordan's beloved Aaron Rodgers all likely switching teams this offseason. Mm, who knows? Jordan is nervous. Look at him. He's nervous. The Packers beat writers got him nervous. Um, there's also a solid number of free agent quarterbacks out there and teams who need quarterbacks. So we are going to give our ideal fantasy pairings for the top quarterbacks out there. And we're going to do this for each position over the next couple of weeks. So make sure to tune back in for those shows. Let's start with the aforementioned Matthew Stafford, who has requested a trade out of Detroit. We know this is going to happen. Nick, what is your ideal landing spot for, uh, for Matthew Stafford in 2021? I, so I, I, I mean, I guess I have a few in, in descending order here. Uh, for whatever reason, I, I'm kind of drawn to the idea of him going to Indianapolis. Someone's going to have to replace uh, Rivers there, and we haven't heard a whole lot of uh, rumor as to who it is that they might be gunning for. Obviously, they're not going to be in position to draft uh, an immediate replacement, and he's the guy who can drive the ball downfield. I think that they're going to have to add a wide receiver, which is something we'll talk about on another show. Um, but I like him a lot there. Um, I'm not sure if, uh, I thought, I thought New Orleans could be interesting assuming Breeze leaves, but you know, again, he's, he's, he's downfield thrower. So I don't know actually like how well he would fit in that scheme. The the last one I'll throw out there is Denver just cause they're so loaded, but I think anyone who goes there is going to be handicapped by the scheme. So like, I, I don't love that one either. I'm, so I'm, I'm most intrigued by, Stafford, you know, helping develop uh, Michael Pittman Jr. See where they can go there. I'm giving Nick the stanky eyes because he was like, oh, I'm just going to list three casually because whatever. And one of them was mine, rude. So now I don't even get to break my my fun news. But yes, I actually like the Denver Broncos. That to me feels 
like uh, a, a great landing spot for him because of the, well, fantasy wise, I would love it because of the fact that the Broncos have so many offensive pieces there, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Noah Fant, you have Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay in the back, in the backfields and a, and a pretty solid offensive line. Just from a fantasy standpoint, Matthew Stafford like instantly steps in there and I can rely on him to get targets to all of those guys, get them all involved. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy both could be a thousand yard receivers with uh, with Matthew Stafford under center. From a real fa- football standpoint, maybe there's maybe it doesn't make a whole lot of sense or there will be some some uh, changes that would need to be made. Certainly Matt, from a Matthew Stafford standpoint of like, I want to go, assuming he wants to go compete somewhere, it doesn't really make sense to go join the conference, like the same division with the Chiefs and have to play Patrick Mahomes. And then, and the chart, like it, the AFC West is, is a tough, certainly a tough division to be in. Uh, so I don't necessarily know from a real football standpoint, if that makes sense for Stafford, but fantasy wise, I just, I trust Stafford the most to be able to take, to bring to be the tide that lifts all of those offensive weapons in Denver to the point where they all are at their peak fantasy value. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I was going to say I liked Denver too as like a sneaky uh, trade destination just because I think if, if somebody like Matthew Stafford's on uh, the trade block, you've got to kind of look at that and say, well, is, is he better than Drew Locke? And the answer is yes. Um, plus we've- Sorry, talked- Denver, much better. <laughs> We've talked earlier in the season too about Denver having like perhaps one of the best receiving cores in football and like maybe by next year or in two years, depending on how all those guys develop. Uh, I think all the points you made, um, both of you guys made the scheme and having to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year doesn't sound ideal. Um, part of my reasoning too for Matthew Stafford going to Denver was uh, the Lions just trading him out of conference and um, Denver has obviously shown to trade for a distressed asset at quarterback and do very well with it. Um, Denver has only over 14 million in cap space, but depending on how this whole like Von Miller situation plays out, they can cut him for like $18 million. And that that's a pretty big saving for a guy who's coming off a torn ACL and is on the wrong side of 30. Um, Just to, shuffle things up and to add a new one, I'll put Washington in there. Um, I tried to get someone to Washington because they, they, they are kind of a low key, good, good spot for a quarterback. You have your guy, Terry McLaurin, just throw the ball to him a dozen times. Um, Antonio Gibson is a good guy to throw the football to the defense is hopefully the the defense just takes another step next year. Um, But yeah, Thomas gave you some stuff. Yeah. It's, I, Alex Smith, you've you've done enough for us. You can rest now. <laughs> like, please, you don't have to do this anymore. Please, please retire now. Like, you've proven that you can come back and play NFL, but for the sake of like my viewing pleasure, so that I don't cringe and like panic anytime you take a, a hit, just just retire. Take take home that uh, what what is the award they give people who come back from big things? Comeback Player of the Year. That's it. <laughs> you said the words. <laughs> What's it called when they come back for a big thing? And they do it in a year. They're like the best person of the year to come back from something. Oh, I wish I could remember what that award was called. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, Deshaun Watson, the biggest, the biggest fish out there, biggest quarterback fish out there who's going to basically, from what I have seen, the reports are saying that he wants to go to either the Jets or the Dolphins. 
I'm ignoring that for, for me personally. I'm putting him in an ideal situation, not just because I don't want the Patriots to have to play against Deshaun Watson twice a year. Though I said this in an earlier podcast, Deshaun Watson versus Josh Allen twice a year, sign me up. Like that, that would just would be so much fun to watch from a football fan standpoint. I like, I want Deshaun Watson to go to Carolina and play with the Panthers. I like what I saw out of Matt Rule and Joe Brady's system, and he would just be surrounded. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. That's a ton of weapons for him to work with. And I kind of like the idea of the Panthers not really having a great defense. So Watson has to win a bunch of like 35 to 30 games and just has to keep chucking it all over the field. Um, But I also think that from a real football standpoint, you know, there's a, there's a changing of the guard. That's going to be happy in the NFC South. Brady maybe has one, two more years. Uh, Drew Brees is retired. The Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan, who knows what that Falcons team is going to be like. Like if Deshaun Watson goes there, he's that young up and coming quarterback to basically has potential of just running the NFC South for, for an extended period of time. But that would be my, my pasta primavera destination for him. Uh, Nick, what's your top spot for Deshaun Watson? I'm, I'm pretty comfortable uh, going with the, with, with the reports, either, either the jets or Miami. I think um, either one would be cool. I, I, think Miami makes the most sense, even though I, you know, Deshaun, I disagree with you. He wants to go to New York. I'd like him to go to Miami. Um, they can just get the, the, the deal done so easily. Um, they have two firsts and two seconds this year and both are from Houston, like give them their picks back. Yeah. Add one more, add another first round for next year. You still have at least, uh, I, I mean, I don't who cares? So Who cares how many first round picks round, you have after like, that? You have like yeah. the third best quarterback in the league right now. Like you take that and you ride with it. They're and they're not lacking in talent. I like I think we all like Preston Williams. I, I know Clark loves Devontae Parker. They've got some fun guy, like you know, Jakeem Grant is is a fun player to watch. I don't I wouldn't count on him for a lot, but he's fun to watch. Mike Gasicki, like they've got a cool infrastructure there. Um I'm I'm blanking on how good their offensive line is, but I I trust their their pass catching group and I trust uh, uh, Flores, so I, I think Miami would be awesome. Uh, this is the route where I went with the Colts getting a quarterback, um, just for strictly fantasy purposes. I don't think the Texans. I mean, they might. They haven't been very bright down there lately. They might trade him <laughs> in division and let him get revenge games I think that would, they might not I be thinking that, that far break ahead. clark i think clark would would just hit, half of his soul would die if the texans traded him to the colts and then he had to watch deshaun watson just clobber the texans twice a year for the rest of his existence i think that would i don't know if clark would just enjoy football anymore you're right this is just strictly if like it's two people playing Madden and they're yeah, exactly. trading with each other. That's it. Um, but yeah, the Colts have over 63 million in cap somehow still um, a lot of cap space to um, just have Deshaun Watson come in and just put a ton of money on him, just give him all the money. And um, a lot of this has to do too with just put not as many fun toys as like perhaps even New York or um, Carolina uh, he still got Michael Pittman Jr. Um, still has Jonathan Taylor. They can add somebody else with the 21st pick in the draft. Uh, but it, the offensive line, like Deshaun Watson should be looking at the offensive line and being like, who is going to protect me so I don't have to retire four years earlier than I actually want to. So one point to your uh, to, to your team, 
Pete, the, the, the Panthers, um, statistically speaking, Watson actually plays better when he is, when his team is losing, he's more efficient. Yes. He's like, he's like the only quarterback in the NFL who plays because he's so used to it. It's losing. been his entire existence with Houston. <laughs> he's just like, just has learned how to play in really close games because that's all he's known. A good pick. Thank you. Thank you. I do all kinds of deep dives research when I, when I make my ideas for this podcast. <clears throat> uh, a big free agent quarterback who likely will go home uh, and return with his former team, but you know, never say never Dak Prescott hitting the open market after what was it? A broken ankle, fractured ankle um, that, that took, knocked him out for the full season. Jordan was your ideal landing spot for, for Dak this year. Uh, I feel like Dak just needs to go to a team and a, like a fan base that might appreciate him a, just a little bit more because he, he should have been paid like two seasons ago, eons ago. A, a little bit more money than what they've uh, they've invested in him, even though they've uh, franchise tagged him. So why not put him in new England? I mean, Woo! new England, new England's got some cap space. Uh they're obsessed with their quarterbacks, even after they leave their team. Uh, <laughs> just get him in a system where um, I, I think he could, like Bill Belichick could do with Dak Prescott what um, he was trying to do a little bit this year with Cam Newton until Cam Newton's body started to break down again. I don't know what happened there, but um, I, I think he could do a lot of the similar things to get um, Dak Prescott moving a little bit and he doesn't have any wide receivers to throw to. So that's a little bit of a problem, but again, the draft is coming up. Maybe, maybe they throw all of their darts at the wide receiver board. Just, just, just in every <laughs> round draft a wide receiver. <laughs> just, just go for it. But they have 57 mil in cap space. So maybe they also bring friends. Maybe he's tossed into somebody this off season. Who knows? I mean, as a Patriots fan, I am absolutely here for Dak Prescott going to New England. I kept him off New England off of my list just because they have no one for a quarterback to throw the football to. But if if Belichick was just like, all right, screw it, Brady, you went to the Super Bowl all by yourself. Now I'm going to spend all of my money <laughs> to, to build a super team. Uh, and he goes and gets Dak and goes and gets like Allen Robinson. Uh, then I'm 100% here for it. I, 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 I agree with you Jordan in your base premise of the of the thing which was like let's put Dak in a situation where he will actually be loved and respected and cherished for what he is he just feels to me like a perfect Kyle Shanahan quarterback I don't know why I just am just like put him in the 49ers uniform first of all he'd look gorgeous in it second off he just he's certainly an upgrade over Jimmy G. And I just think that he would fit right into that offense. He would love having, you know, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, um, and Brandon Ayuk to throw the football to. I just think, I think that in that offense, you could get him moving and do a lot of stuff with him and take advantage of his ability to run and advantage uh, around the goal line. And uh, I was, I was making it a mission amongst this list of quarterbacks we were talking about to get one to the 49ers and get Kyle Shanahan, a legit guy. And for whatever reason, I could be just completely fabricating this in my head, but Dak Prescott in, in that sis, it just somehow in my mind makes a very perfect marriage. So that is, that's where I'm rooting for Dak to go to. Yeah. I like both of these picks. Um, I think maybe just uh, for poetic justice, I think it'd be pretty uh, funny to see him go to New Orleans. 
Um, obviously, they have barely been able to just like field a team with their their terrible cap space situations. They're like sixty million dollars in the hole. Uh, from what I understand, Nick Underhill of New Orleans Stuff Football has already outlined how they can get out from underneath their terrible contracts. But like, what better place, just narrative wise, for him to go? You know, to a team that's just given all of their money to the quarterback position forever. And, it, you know, like, it, I don't know. It, he's, it like, just, he's like, I'm going to go from one team that doesn't pay their quarterbacks to the team that just like forks cash over. Like it's yeah. nothing. They just prorates all of his, his, his money. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think, and I think he would be great there. I mean, I, I think the Dak is a really good quarterback and I think he is as any quarterback is really helped by a good play caller. I think he would find that there. Um, I, I really don't know what to think. There are the dogs taking gloves off the counter. Um, I really don't know what to think of the relationship between Dak and the, and the Cowboys right now. I mean, I, I was shocked. It, I, it was made clear when they paid Ezekiel Elliott first and they let Byron Jones go like that. That was unacceptable. And it was clear that Jerry Jones was playing a big role in that because they then flipped the script, right? Like they, they, they allowed Kellen Moore to, to retain play calling duties. They drafted CD Lamb. Okay. So they they did go, okay, wait, we actually do have to make the passing game, the, the primary mover of our team, but for Jones mid season to say what, whatever that line was like, well, the reason we lost that game is because Dak Prescott can't do the things that Patrick Mahomes can do or whatever. Like he basically just said, he's not actually that good of a quarterback to me that I, I don't know how, doesn't that seem like that's an unresolved, massive thing? Like, how does Dak say, "Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put pen to paper here"? If he could go to a team that's going to pay him the same amount of money and would love him, I mean, think of they would paint his face on 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 buildings oh. in New Orleans, right? Like they would, everywhere, they fall in love with him. I just, it, it, I totally agree with you, Nick. Where it's Dak is the most interesting to me. Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford, they're going to get traded most likely. Uh, Stafford certainly Watson seems very certainly um, Dak Prescott being an unrestricted free agent. I just, I don't think that that relationship is sal. Like I, I think Jerry Jones has burnt that bridge. The fact that you didn't sign him, he gets injured. You didn't like, I've heard nothing in terms of contract talks. Like if you wanted to be good guy, Jerry, or, or like try to salvage this situation, it's like Dak gets injured and you say, you know what? we're still going to sign you to a big long-term deal and give you the money you're worth because through the first four weeks of the season, you were so great and we trust you and we, and we love you and blah, 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 blah. Not happening. It's like radio silence. And to me, that is just like, I think Dak's gone. Dak is going to whatever team he wants and he's going to go to, I mean, he's going to get paid and, and a team is going to love to have him, which then is just like, well, what the hell are the Cowboys doing? Because you've built this huge, this like, massive offense with with these all these weapons to throw the football to and we saw with like you can put Andy Dalton in there and it wasn't great so like you, you it's not just something where you can just plug anyone in there and expect it to just work like you need a, a good competent quarterback in there and so I, I, I it seems like the Cowboys are in for a a rude awakening pretty soon yeah, somebody should tell Jerry Jones that worse QBs than Patrick Mahomes have won the Super Bowl. Yes, um, like that shouldn't be your litmus test as to whether or not to sign a quarterback to a long-term deal. If if the relationship is truly like sour and unsalvageable, just give me Dak Prescott in Washington, and 
let him get his revenge twice a year and a great Thanksgiving Day game for us. Yes. If, if, if that's going to be thrust down our throats every single year, Washington versus Dallas, give me some intrigue. Give me some sex appeal. Give me Dak Prescott in Washington. I love that from a narrative standpoint. All right, let's talk about two final quarterbacks. These guys obviously aren't as in the top tier as the guys who we've talked about, but still, Cam Newton coming off of an interesting season, I would say. He looked phenomenal the first two games, then he got COVID, and it took him a while to come back from that. And it looks like, like Jordan said earlier, that the, that the kind of injuries he's had uh, kind of caught up to him, particularly in his throwing motion. However, hitting the free market, going to be out there and available. Nick, what do you think is a... a Top landing spot for you for Cam Newton? I think he has to go to a good team at this point. Uh, he he showed that he's not able to elevate like a bad team. And, you know, a lot of quarterbacks can't do that. And a lot of quarterbacks uh, can succeed. Like Dak, he's, he's a good example. He's good. I don't think that he's going to – I don't think that if you put Dak in New Orleans that he does all that much better. Um, it You know, Cam's a guy – he has to have some infrastructure around him. So – um, I, I had two that I, that I thought really fit him. One is a team I just talked about New Orleans. Um, yeah. So I and, love that. That's he's a, he's a, he's a T- Taysom Hill who can throw the football. seems to make tons of sense. I, so I think that schematically he fits there too. I also think that his attitude goes very well there. And I know that that might be a silly thing, but like, I miss seeing Teddy Bridgewater do the bicycle. Like I, you know what I like? And I can see like, they had that, that camaraderie, that swag on the field. Yeah. I think Cam would get right back into that. And I think he would just like culturally would fit really, really well in new Orleans. I would, I would really like to see that happen. The other one I would like to see is, is San Francisco. I think that the infrastructure there is, is good. And I think that um, I don't want Cam to be used as, as free, or I don't want him to, to have to carry the ball as frequently as he did at the beginning of the season. But I think if you put, cam into a shanahan running scheme i think that that would be really fun to watch like just for a few plays a game i think that'd be really cool yeah the the saints one i love for a lot of i mean nick you hit on most of them but like it seems to me that you already have sean payton already has a structure there with a mobile quarterback especially a guy who can score around the goal line is a threat around the goal line i mean that's what they did with Taysom hill when he was playing there alvin kamara rings rings any bells for cam newton in his career because he had christian mccaffrey and was great with him too michael thomas is a big physical receiver who can win at the catch point and i think the thing that also is if i were cam i would be taking this into consideration as i make my next step you're playing half your games in a dome which if you're struggling with shoulder issues if your throwing mechanism is is wonky if you can't throw the put as much zip on the ball playing half your games indoors with no wind that's that's a super nice perk so I think that I think the Saints makes is a, such a natural landing spot for him. And again, what you said, Nick, that also just everything that anyone has ever said about Cam in a, as a locker room presence is just he's just a phenomenal person. And bringing that kind of swag and attitude back to the Saints, a team that has gotten so close every single you know the last three or four years, and is, just hasn't had enough to get over that hump. I feel like he could really. He, he could help kind of re-energize that franchise, that team and being like, Hey, we can do it this year. We we're you know, we're not just reliant on, uh, on Drew Brees or, or what was Drew Brees. Yeah. Mine for Cam, uh, Nick already touched on this one. It was the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I, I just like the idea of Cam, especially if he, if he can't make those big time throws anymore, be the person that fully is carrying a team on his back, just put them in, 
the Niners offense with Kyle Shanahan, he doesn't have to throw people open because they're just going to be there. They're going to be schemed there for him. He just has to dump the ball off to Ayuk, to Evil Samuel, to George, I almost called him Greg, George Kittle, uh, and let them just eat yak yards. Like that's, that's all he's got to do there. Um, And he's hand the ball off like 30 times a game. So I think that is a, a good, like, preservation move for him and I think in that case he can kind of do what um, I'm sure New England wanted to do for him only the weapons weren't there yeah the fact that uh, you can what was it there was what was the one game where Debo Samuel had 95 yards and negative air yards <laughs> like that seems insane. that seems perfect if, you, if you're Cam Newton and you maybe have a little walkie in your shoulder like seems great to be able to play in an offense where you're throwing the ball backwards and somehow that still gets you 95 yards receiving love it um all right last person we're going to talk about Jameis Winston uh we've booted him out of New Orleans now because Cam Newton's coming in so where is he going to end up uh for me personally I want him to either go to the Steelers and basically be Ben Roethlisberger part two, not off the field, but maybe on the field, uh, and just be able to chuck that ball all over the place to Chase Claypool, to Deontay Johnson, if they bring back Juju Smith-Schuster, which I don't think they're going to do, but uh, be able to take advantage of those guys down the field. That was something that was certainly lacking in the Steelers' offense this year. Defenses were just like, I dare you to throw deep on us, and Ben Roethlisberger couldn't do it. I also sneaky kind of think that John Gruden has just constantly been looking for a new quarterback and would love to move on from Derek Carr. Uh, and while Derek Carr at time, like does throw a very effective and efficient deep ball, he, he does have a propensity to checking down or to not being, not looking all the way down the field. And when you have guys like Nelson Aguilar, Henry Ruggs, uh, Darren Waller, guys, you can get down the field, go get me Jameis. Jameis and John Gruden together. Talk about entertainment. That is you would you would there would be moments where you'd cut to the side like James would throw this gorgeous 70 yard bomb to Henry Ruggs and Gruden would be all excited and then the next play James would throw a stupid interception and Gruden would absolutely lose his shit and it would just be a roller coaster and I wouldn't wouldn't mind riding that roller coaster Nick what do you think for uh for Winston I, I I think both of those those are good calls I didn't think of Las Vegas but my my call was Pittsburgh um he's a downfield thrower. That's kind of the the personnel that they have, especially if they're getting rid of Juju, that's kind of like what they have <clears throat> on offense. Um, I don't like the Steelers. I don't like Roethlisberger and I don't like Winston. So if they're, if he has to so be it's in the perfect. league, then, it's a, it's a yeah. match made in heaven for Nick. Yeah. Now that said, I mean, they did recognize the fact that he has, I mean, in my opinion, a very credible sexual assault, claim against him as did Roethlisberger and they chose to not have him go to Pittsburgh Pittsburgh offered him more money and he chose to go to New Orleans for for less money so I do think that it's probably unlikely I like you know I don't know he he obviously is a fucked up decision maker so maybe he does decide to to do this but I I have to imagine that his advisors are telling him you for your you know public image you can't be the guy who goes to replace Roethlisberger but it's it's my pick so to speak for where he should go other than out of the league and and as an aside I did want to mention this if it's not if it's not Winston Stafford would be fucking awesome here just as for for a Matthew Stafford situation he would be stellar here yeah 
Matthew Stafford in Pittsburgh. I mean, I also hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, but that that would be also a really nice landing spot for Stafford. Jordan, what do you think for Winston? Uh, this was a hard place to try to put Winston from a fantasy perspective because I'm, I'm not sure how well he does unless he's got like a loaded wide receiver core, which is why the Steelers would be like a, a good spot for him just because he would have um, relatively similar targets uh, like he had in um, Tampa Bay. Um, I also thought a little bit about uh, giving the Raiders a quarterback at some point because we keep on hearing how uh, John Gruden is just that type of head coach who's just like he's he's never satisfied with the quarterback that he's got. He's always looking for the next one. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I ultimately just kept him in New Orleans um, because New Orleans is in such cap hell right now that I think they could find a way to work out something with somebody who's already in the building and that they've already like established a relationship with. And he probably trusts them because they, uh, he, they trusted him uh, to come in and be a backup and he got another shot there. And yeah. Uh, before we go, I like that. I like that staying in New Orleans, which led me to think what are like, what is I'm trying to put this in a, in a, in a odds situation, but I can't think of it off the top of my head, but basically like, do you think James, do you think Taysom Hill is going to be the Saints starting quarterback in week one? Cause this is like Drew Brees is retired. Sean Payton has been hyping this man up for the last two years. They paid him not quarterback one money, but more than backup quarterback money. And it just seems to me, it's like, this is the is Sean Payton. Has he been talking out of his ass the whole time? Or are they going to actually like try to make this offense work with Taysom Hill? I'd recommend against it, Sean. I'm not sure what the odds were be, would be, or even what was going on in new Orleans. Like Drew Brees broke like double digit ribs. And they're just like, yeah, go back out there and play. And like I, I don't Which doesn't know if Tays- really like put a lot of faith in all of this hype that that Sean Payton's been pumping up Taysom Hill. Yeah, I mean, I I do know that Taysom Hill isn't the answer, and he's not the quote future of the franchise at 31 years old by next season. But it's I, I don't know what they do because they're yeah. I need to see that article that Nick mentioned about breaking down their cap situation and how they get out from under it. They always. The cap is made up, especially in New Orleans. It's not a real thing. Um, But it does seem like they're in a pretty rough spot. They're drafting late in the draft. They uh, don't have a lot of room to offer one of the bigger guys, like we mentioned, uh, like a Dak Prescott or something. I don't think they have the cash for that. Yeah, I guess for uh, regarding like Taysom and and Winston, I don't think that for Sean Payton, I don't think it's off the table – for them to roll with that duo. Like if that makes sense, I, I think that Peyton is absolutely working through in his mind. Can I use, can, can Winston just kind of become like a less used breeze and we just, mm, just really do a split quarterback. Yeah. Room. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That was what, wasn't that what people were talking about? I might be misremembering this, but when, when Kevin Cobb, had like a really good end of the season with the Eagles. And then they brought in Mike Vick. Was that not what everyone thought that they were going to do this split backfield quarterback thing with Mike Vick and Kevin Cobb. And then they traded Kevin Cobb to the Cardinals. Is that what happened? Or am I miss my combining different seasons? 
I just I thought that I don't know the fact that I think Kevin Cobb had any kind of hype about him impressive well done Kevin the Vic thing was just yeah I mean I'm I'm I think that people thought that they were going to be um no it wasn't no it was Vince Young wasn't it Vince Young and and Michael Vick that were on the same team was that with oh was that the dream team oh dream team season the dream yeah. team and then they were going to split all right well people are stupid they weren't going to split between Vince Young and Michael Vick no it was they were just like the hype was just that if yeah. Young got hurt, then Vic could step in and like then you know Vince Young wasn't actually that good and shocking. And Mike Vic was. <laughs> uh, Kevin all right, Goff well there you go. The bag. <laughs> Kevin Goff secured. I swear to God, man, how uh, it must be a true gift to be able to throw the football fifty yards and be white. Like it's just basically signed on the dotted line to being a. Well, he and made player. At some he point. and um, who was Jordan? Who was the the backup? Matt something that that Matt, Matt Flynn? Finley. F- F- no, no, Flynn. Flynn. Yeah, Fat yeah, Flynn. that's right. Yeah, I mean Matt Flynn, and Kevin. <laughs> God, they they cashed the hell in. Like Flynn, Matt Flynn. His- Matt Flynn was the fucking Seahawks starting quarterback when they drafted Russell Wilson, and and Pete Carroll was all certain that that Matt Flynn was going to win the quarterback battle because they paid him a shit ton of money in free agency. Yeah, and then he just didn't. <laughs> he, he, he didn't. He didn't start a single game for us. It was crazy. And Matt. it was all because he set the record right for the Packers. He threw six touchdowns in a game and like broke the the franchise record. And then and that was Pete Carroll was like, "Oh man, we missed Gotta out on getting Peyton Manning." Do you guys? Do you guys? As an aside, do you remember when Pete Carroll surprised Peyton Manning in the Denver airport and was like, "Play for us," like? And Peyton Manning was like, this is the most unprofessional thing I've ever experienced. Get out of my face and just left him standing in the airport. I'm trying not to spit my beer out. I had not heard that. That was so crazy. That's incredible. So Pete, he was trying to get him on the phone and would he couldn't get him to come visit Seattle. So he and John Schneider got on a plane and flew like with their whole front office and ambushed Peyton Manning when he landed in Denver, he was like, hey, wait, don't go to this meeting. <laughs> Come play for me. And the reports were that Manning was like livid. I mean, <laughs> jokes, jokes on Peyton because the Seahawks then dropped, what, 40 yeah, unanswered totally. points on them. So <laughs> yeah, who's laughing now, Peyton? You can always always trust the end for the end of the podcast to be just completely derailed by some sort of weird football tangent. It's the beauty. It's the beauty of the show. We start talking about Matt Flynn and Kevin Cobb. <laughs> Contract Lord Matt Flynn. His children's children will eat because of one football game. <laughs> uh, providing like a true man. All right. Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball shows. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow uh, Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27 and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Until then, peace.